Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. I actually stalled a little bit. I don't know why it feels like it's been forever since we recorded an episode, but I couldn't remember. I was like, what's the name of our podcast again? What am I doing? It's just been a week. One week. I don't... I know. I just feel like a lot of stuff has happened. It's like, our oldest kid is on this path for orthodontics, so... That's that's taken a lot out of me getting her used to her. She has a palate expander and this three-year journey. And I'm so excited to start. Yeah, I think between that and taking some middle school kids to Michigan. Ugh. Oh my gosh. I So I'm a t- complete extrovert. I love to be around people. Absolutely. It is what energizes me. <laughs> Except middle school kids. <laughs> Except apparently middle schoolers. Because after the weekend, I was like, I just want to crawl into a hole, not see anyone, not talk to anyone, not hear any noise. The hole needs to be covered in blankets because let me tell you, it is freezing in Michigan in February, in case you weren't aware. Yeah, it's a little it's a little chilly there. It definitely was a replica of the Great White North because I'm sure it's still very cold in Canada. But Michigan's getting close to Canada, so I, oh man, I couldn't even hardly enjoy the Super Bowl. I was still cold. I didn't. I was on sensory overload. Like I love people, but I had actually run dry. I've never had that happen before. It happens to me all the time. I know. Now I feel like I understand introverts a little bit better because I was like at the end of my rope. I just, I couldn't take anything more in. I was so over it. And I, I, I mean, I teach, but I teach high schoolers and adults. They're very different than like 12 and 13 year olds. So very, very different. So I don't know if it wasn't necessarily my peopling was exhausted. Maybe my patience (laughs) or my like, I don't suffer fools gladly. And I feel like middle school kids, that's all they're about at that point in their lives. Just saying dumb stuff and doing dumb stuff. And I just can't handle it. Yeah, there's a lot of dumb when it comes to middle school. That's for sure. (laughs) And I've always said that because I said about myself in middle school, you're going through all these changes. So you hate yourself. And then because you hate yourself so much, you also then hate other people. And everyone hates you as well. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) So it's, yeah, it's just a lot, a lot of like barely repressed rage coming out and various things like throwing dodgeballs as hard as you can at innocent bystanders. I realized that we're a part of the game, but I didn't realize that you felt like you needed to show how dominant you are by blowing someone's head off with a dodgeball. I just, I don't understand these things. <sighs> but I, I, I'm, I'm recovering. I'm recovering now. Much better. I'm just glad we don't have uh, 12-year-old boys. That's what I'm proud of. <laughs> and never will. <laughs> and never will. That is true. <laughs> that is true. I can handle the other drama. It's fine. The girls were fine. The boys, no thank you. And they're smelly. That's an understatement. Yeah, but we'll leave that for another time. Fellas, heard about this new game called Splat? I hate when that happens. But we love it! Splat! Splat! Splat and Bugs is where it's at! Splat! That wasn't so bad. That was! The game Splat. You make bugs in the Bugomatic. Don't splat my bug! If you don't want your bugs to get splatted, you gotta be the first to get them to safety. Splat and Bugs is where it's at! Splat! I hate when that happens. Oh, we love it. Splat. From Milton Bradley. So anyway, um, I, I want to go on to news because 
I have so much news. And Jason makes me trim it down to like three pieces of news. In case you're wondering why I don't do more news, it's because Jason says three news. We don't have time for yeah, more nonsense. Because we don't want to have an hour and a half, two hour podcast. That's why. I know. There are a lot of cool things out there. Um, so I would definitely check out Kickstarter. I'm trying to figure out GameFound a little bit. Um, Good luck. Because, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I assume as it gains popularity, someone will work on smoothing that thing out and getting an, an app to use. And But that's not my problem. So I've been looking at Kickstarter and it, I would definitely check it out. There's a lot of things out there right now that are really cool that I ha- I'm not mentioning. I was thinking like, man, I can make like an honorable mention section. But then Jason would get mad at me. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's just stick to these three. That sounds good. Let's just talk about three. The first one is a game that was actually on my most anticipated games of 2022, and it has arrived on Kickstarter, and that is Jiangnan Life of Gentry. Wow. So in our podcast, I don't remember what episode that was. It's been... It was one of the first ones of this year, though. Yeah, like 10 episodes ago or something around there. Um, I was like, I don't know what's happening. It says all these things, all these different mechanics that sound good. There's a lot more detail now on this Kickstarter, and so much so that I can't even describe to you everything that this game has, but it is good, let me tell you. Now, production quality, of course, I would want um, the deluxe version because it's it's really cool. It's expensive, so I get that. But even in general, the artwork on this is boss. They also have done really well with symbology on this. So in this, you are like artisans in the city of Jiangnan. So by artisans, I actually, I always have a soft spot for games that include this because it means that you're good in art, in literature, and uh, drama. And those are things that are dear to me. There are so many economic games, games that focus on, you know, playing the stock market and money and real estate investment. Those are not things I'm good at. What I am good at? Drama, literature, art. Okay, not that great at art, but creativity. So that's why I like this game. You are going throughout Jiannan. You are kind of getting new ideas to like create these portfolios and all these in these three different areas. So there are like, it's worker placement because you're going to these different areas to get things to help you complete this. It is bag building because all of your actions come off these tiles. It is area control because when you go to sections, you're moving your player piece um, to these boats that are at the bottom that then determine what items are scored at the end of the round. Like, I mean, this this is off the it's off the chain. What's going on in this game? So you've got. S- the cool thing, so with the bag building, you're pulling out these tiles that have your actions on the top half. And they, the, the player board is so cool looking. It's got these nice little insets for stuff, little places that show you where everything goes. You pull out your action tiles, they go across. You pick one, you put it in this like upper slot to do that action to, and go to that place. What happens then at the end of your turn is, or at the end of, yeah, at the end of your turn, the farthest most tile on the right now of this like area where you have all these tiles slides off and you get the bonus on the bottom. So yes, you want to choose actions that are helping you complete what you want to do, but you're also like deciding then 
what's left in the farmer's right side is what bonuses you get. And the actions that you choose to do end up going back into your bag as you're trying to like build the tiles that you want in there. Like that. So like that's just even one small part. That's not to mention the fact that, okay, I'm going to go to this one area here and I'm going to get uh, different kinds of ideas. So you've got these little tokens that you can use to spend to complete por portfolios. You're going to get portfolios to complete. You're going to view other portfolios to get bonuses. You're going to go to like um, the tea house and you're going to talk to like find some muses. They're going to help you with what you're doing or um, they can be assistants for you to give you bonuses. You can, there's also an area where you travel around, like a little map. So you can choose to go to different places there. They're gonna allow you to get inspiration, collect ideas. There is so much going on on this game and it is freaking gorgeous. So, and everyone knows, again, I love an Asian themed game, of course. So if any of that sounds good to you, and I can imagine it not, check out Jiangnan Life of Gentry. There's six days left on the Kickstarter when this podcast drops on Friday. If it does, sometimes Jason gets spicy and drops it early. But as of Friday, February 18th, six days left. And the base pledge, which still has a ton of stuff, is 65 bucks. Yeah, this does look amazing. I was looking at the Kickstarter while you were talking. It is so up your alley, babe. Like, absolutely. It totally is. And this company, I know you don't like the game, but they did Symphony Number no. 9. And that game also has great components. You might not like the gameplay, but the production on that's really nice, and I like it mm -hmm. quite a bit. And this game, like, it has, like, those cool little boats or something that they're standing in, which looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it it looks like a Euro of all Euro games, and there's cubes and meeples made out of yes. wood, not plastic. Oh, man, it looks good. It's a little pricey, but it looks good. I know, but I feel like it's it's pricey enough to... In, but worth in the investment. Yeah, but I'm worried about shipping because it's coming from Taiwan. And yeah, I don't know what all that is. Look, I'll, I'll look into it. This is on, um, I've hearted this one. So I, I'm, this might be one that I back. Now the deluxe. That's probably not what I'm going to back. Whoo, the deluxe looks so good. Even the regular one though has like these really nice scholar markers, servant markers that are made of wood. Um, the coins though, aren't like those, the cool ones that kind of are in that, um, like banking one. Yeah. The ping coins. Yeah. Yeah. Those um, were cool. Those are cool. They look like little hats. <laughs> yes. Yes. It has those in the deluxe. Um, you get like th 3d party boats. Yeah. The metal ingots, wooden resource pack. Oh man, they look so good. The character standees. Oh, the deluxe. The, if you're interested, the Deluxe is $89 for other people who actually back Deluxe things. Um, I'm sure we will not. I can't do it. 89 plus shipping will bring that over 100 bucks. I can't do that for one game. That's that's crazy. I know. I've accepted it. So anyway, check out Jingnan. My second one is, it's not a sequel, um, but it's part of a series of games. And we actually have one of them. So this game is Trekking Through History. So you may have heard of Trekking Through National Parks. We happen to own Trekking the World. Really fun game. Yeah, it's good. Really good. I like it a lot. It's it's it, this is from Underdog Games. Definitely, uh, I would say Trekking the National Parks is an easy or Trekking the World is an easy gateway game. This looks like it's gonna up it a little bit in Trekking the World or Trekking. Gosh, Trekking Through History. Read the title of the game. <laughs> so in this game, you're going over like three different days. To, to go through history. I know. it's That's fast. But 
It's like Bill and Ted. Yeah. And there's like a time wheel that you're using uh, to mark how long a day is. So what you're doing is you get like these itineraries for your journey. And the itinerary cards have these symbols that you're going to then try to match from the different um, events and people that you're meeting through history. And so like they have like little like spaces where you put these symbols down that you get from the different cards you're doing. And so you're trying to kind of preserve, like go through this whole um, like, I don't know, trail or like tree almost on this itinerary. And the more that you connect and fill in, the more points you get. And so you're trying to accomplish that itinerary um, as you're going through. You want to start with maybe older events to kind of help you get started. And um, the events then also move you around the time track to see, you know, how much you get to do within the day that you're at. And the cards kind of, you have cards for day one, different cards for day two, different cards for day three. Um, You can also get time crystals that are going to actually allow you to save time on the clock, maybe get an extra turn there. Um, There's ancestry cards that can help kind of almost work as wilds to fill in on your itinerary. Um, And that can help with your points. The artwork is cool. Uh, It comes with a time warp expansion that gives um, special player powers for one use per round, which I always love asymmetrical player powers. Um, And I think there's also included is a solo mode as well, which has like a really long itinerary card where you're playing against the historian. Um, which I think is is really cool. And there's like four, again, four different levels of difficulty for that. Easy, normal, hard, extreme. I think that sounds awesome. You In the base game, you're getting not only the game Time Warps as the expansion and solo mode. It looks fun. Uh, again, great production. There is no deluxe version. There's one version. And I love that about games. When I'm like, I'm getting everything straight up. So if you like... Um, History, because all the cards then have facts on the back as well. Much like, you know, Trekking the World gives you facts about the different places you visit. This is an educational game as well, but also fun. Uh, If you like that, if you kind of like that set collection, um, really great production artwork, check out Trekking Through History. 10 days left on the Kickstarter. The game is 50 bucks. Yeah, shipping included in the continental U.S., which is awesome. Yeah, watch out. That's, I mean, that's a good deal. I was not as interested in this because i figured it's just you know because trekking the national park and trekking the world are kind of similar you're traveling around doing ticket to ride style stuff but this one feels way different and that little like yeah clock rondelle thing looks Mm -hmm. awesome yeah it looks really good yeah this one looks cool and the price is amazing too like that's a great price for their games and their games the trekking the national parks i haven't played but we have trekking the world and it's really good so if it's at least you know that good it's a deal I agree. All right. And my last one I want to talk about, I mostly chose because I love really unique themes. And this theme is so cool. I don't think it's ever been, I'm sure maybe it's been done before. As far as I know, it hasn't. And you all know how much I know. Uh, but this sounds so cool. And the game is called Academy, uh, the West Point board game. So in this game, you are cadets at West Point. Makes sense, right? So you are placing your cadets um, at different locations around post. So you are getting training cards, which allows you um, 
maybe it's you've got military movement or you you can do touchdown push-ups or you know different you you get your cadet saber you're you're collecting these cards they have different values then you can like compete in competitions like you do um and you're you're kind of playing like three cards to complete in a competi- compete in a competition that are going to give you stuff um and so you earn more points if you win the competition, but you can also get other things through these cards. But you decide, do I want to get rid of like all oh, my best cards right away? Like, I mean, or do I want to use them for something else? Um, there's special events that happen that kind of change uh, the rules of the game. So like each each year, because you're there at four years, like best point, um, that maybe kind of change what happens during that year. So that kind of mixes things up. I like that. Um, and so you're trying to get the most points then, and you're getting the most points and it's a combination of different, three different tracks. You want to be West Point valedictorian. So you're, you're earning military points, academic points, physical points, and the combination, the, the cadet who earns the most combined points after four years is the winner. I, I just think that sounds cool. I am not in the military. They would not want me and I would fail epically. It really is not. It's just not part of my personality to submit to really structured authority. It just isn't. Uh, and I'm also really clumsy. So, but the idea that I could maybe play, like I went to West Point, like that's kind of cool. And it's designed by... Um, Two members, um, USMA from 2019 2020. These two guys that know all about it, like they they understand West Point, they understand the military. I think this sounds really cool. Like, what a unique theme. Like, yeah, there's other school competition type games, um, but to have like the West Point theme on it, to have text that really goes with that. If you know someone who's a member of the military or has wanted to be or interested, I think this is would be a great like gateway game for them because it doesn't look super difficult, um, but it still looks really fun. So if you're interested in that, check out Academy, the West Point board game. Uh, there are, I think, 10 days left on this Kickstarter and there's only one price point. It's 60 bucks uh, to get a copy of the game. Yeah, this is this does look cool. Just mostly for the theme, like you said. There, I think there's like one other game. It's called like Huya or whatever the Marines always say. Um, it's like a, a Marine card game. That's the only other like cadet kind of game that I can think of. So this looks really cool. Yeah, and that's what I have for news this week. Remember the games you love to play? They're still favorites of kids today. Tickle funny bones of a new generation. Today's young doctors love operation. All you need four in a row. It's the same fun you had years ago. Twist are still tying them up and knots. A twisting tradition that never stops. All oh, these are the good times you can't forget. Milton Bradley makes the games kids love the best. All right, so let's talk about some games that we played. We only got two games in because we've been dealing with uh, middle schoolers, <laughs> and Katie's been, Katie's been dealing with uh, the orthodontist. And our youngest daughter had her birthday, her eighth birthday. That's so true. That was a big deal. Yeah, it's been a crazy seven days for us. So. <laughs> and Valentine's Day, um, I love you. That's true. And Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, um, Jason's like, yeah, Valentine's Day. <laughs> We had heart-shaped pizza. That is our good tradition. That's true. And we had some awesome sushi, and I had chicken on a waffle. Mm-hmm. It was a great Valentine's Day. It was a good Valentine's Day. I'm not 
Yeah, I had a good time. Um, so the games, we, <laughs> the games we played, we actually played them last night of the day that we're recording this. Why would you say that? Why don't you act like we played way ahead? We've been playing games all the time. <laughs> because I just said we haven't been. Keep some people behind that. Keep some mystery alive, okay? <laughs> all right. So we played these a long time ago. <laughs> I didn't mean a long time. And uh, the first one we're going to talk about is a game that we actually backed on Kickstarter. Mostly because we do it's, that? yeah, we do sometimes. Mostly because it has amazing art and it's in the Parks series from Keymaster. And this game is called Parks Memories. And we have the coast to coast version. There are three of them Mountaineer, Plain, something, and then Coast to Coast. And that's the version we have. Basically, they all play the same, except they have some different abilities and different art. So it's the same game, but three different versions. And what this game is, is it is a memory game with Parks artwork. So the same artwork that's in the game, Parks or Trails, all that stuff, is on the tiles in this game. The way the game works is you're putting out a grid, a 3 by 3 grid, and you're going to be flipping two tiles. If you match the symbols on the tile, you get to activate one of your special abilities. So there's water, mountain, sun, and tree. If you match the symbols on the tiles, you get to flip one of those abilities and you can use it. Then you get to take a tile. Then you're going to move the little hiker to block an available tile so someone else can't take it, refill the grid, other player's turn. What you're trying to do is you're trying to get three matches of pictures before your opponent or have more matches by the time two of the three stacks of leftover tiles runs out. That's the game. Four abilities um, and collecting some tiles. That's it. I was really struggling with this the first time I played it. I didn't understand it. (laughs) I thought we had to match the symbols on the tile and not the picture. So I was, yes, that's important. But the way you win is by matching the pictures, not the symbols. You can never match the symbols and still win the game. So I was just, I was struggling. I was riding the bus. I couldn't figure it out. Even this last time, we played it twice in a row. And the first time, man, I was making some boneheaded decisions. Had (laughs) had one match. I had like eight tiles. Katie had three matches and six tiles. So super efficient. (laughs) Uh, Then the second time, I figured it out and I actually won. So yeah, it. It's a fun game. It's super light. Like, it's really light. It's something you can play just in between games. Like, this will be an ultimate filler. This is a filler game, 100%. It looks gorgeous. It has um, nice production, good rules. It's just a solid game. So, yeah, I enjoy Parks Memory. So, what do you think about it this time? Yeah, I was the one that originally wanted this game to begin with. And I still stick by that because it's... Of course, devastatingly beautiful. Like the artwork for the parks, I, I will stand by that always. But I like that this is both a filler game and yet there is there. You definitely need some strategy. Jason had none the first game that we played. I was like, didn't you see that I revealed like this? Is the other thing about like when you go into it and Jason had problems with it the first time we played it. It's not that, oh, I'm going to flip over two of the same tiles you can't collect them both in the same turn. It's not like regular match memory. You can only take one if you flip over two of the same. So there's some strategy in, okay, I know that right here is the park I'm is the match of the park I just flipped over. Maybe I don't want to flip that one over. I want to keep it a secret. I'll take this one that I, I know the ma- that the match is out there for. And uh, you know, I'll I'll kind of, you know, Hide, hold my, you know, hands, like don't show it so that I can come back to it. Or I reveal both and then I use the hiker to block off the match. Or if I reveal a match I know the other person has, I'm going to try to block that match. And there's also like the special, uh, like the, why am I, is my brain stopped working? Special abilities. Yes, the special abilities. (laughs) 
I just had a complete brain fart. Oh my gosh. Do I smell toast? No. Okay. Um, the special abilities can really come in handy then because they can allow you to block off an entire row at some point. They can allow you to secretly look at a tile before you lay it down to the grid so that you have secret information. Um, they can allow you to flip over more tiles. At least that's in our Coast to Coast version. The special abilities in the other versions are, are different, which I think is super cool. And I'd like to have them all, but I don't think Jason will let me. And so I think this is one of those games that it's it's a fun, it's a light filler for most of us. But this is a great game for maybe like preteens or something, or even people that are just getting into the game. Everyone knows how to play memory. Okay, like that's a basic kind of game that you start <laughs> Except with. Except for, for me, apparently. <laughs> Except for Jason. Um, no, you you got that. Oh, I flip over two tiles. They're the same. I take them. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But now it's like, okay, let's introduce some actual like gaming mechanics here. Let's start learning strategy and this is it's so well it generally is so quick and if you like it like playing it multiple times in a row is not a hardship at all and also the older we get my memory is getting a lot worse than it used to be um so like the first game my memory was sharp i was like i i I was on it i knew where everything was uh the second game i wasn't paying as close of attention and things got a little fuzzy I was eating some honey mustard pretzels and I got distracted, right? So I was not as on it as I was the first game because my memory isn't as good anymore. Uh, So it's still challenging at all different kinds of levels, but I think this is really a a nice game to help introduce more strategy components, especially to kids or new gamers um, in a really beautiful, like smooth way. So yeah, I still love it. And even at, we played two games and it was like 25 minutes for both oh, games yeah. total. And the rule book's like two pages. Well, it's four pages, but the front cover inside shows the components and the back page, like the middle two pages is all you need to play this game. It's super easy. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a fun game. It's not my favorite game. I'd rather play Parks or Trails or whatever, mm. but it's fun. It's fine to just bust out when you're wanting to play a bigger game, waiting on some people or whatever. I'd rather play it over Trails, but I would play Parks first. I may agree with that as well. It's It's different because trails is basically parks light this one's mm-hmm. different completely than parks it just has a hiker in there that, and same art but the game plays completely different so I, yeah i may agree with that too all right so the next game we played is a game we've played a couple times but we've never played it at two players so we wanted to try that and this game is called the 100 tory and this is from pencil first designed by um the guy that does whistle stop scott caputo and edward baroff he's a pencil first guy it's and, Vincent Dutrade art, right? And Vince, yeah, Vincent Dutrade art, yep. it's His art is everywhere. Like, this game is nothing but art, effectively. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what you're doing in this game is you're trying to build this, I guess, a garden, right? With Tory gates and different type of landscapes. Garden, yeah. And the way you're doing that is you're playing down a tile. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to get two landscapes, connect two landscapes of, like, I think there's six different ones. And what you're tr- the way that that works is it's going to connect to the shortest one of that type so if i play a bridge it's we're going to follow the path and the shortest distance to get to another bridge is the bridge that i is the path that i take now if i also go through some blue tory gates or red tory gates i'm going to get a token so when you match a a landscape you get a token if you go through a red gate while you're on your journey to that landscape you get another token of the same time if you go through a blue one you get to take a token of anything so the goal of the game is to put out tiles to get as long a path as you can to get as many tiles as you can. Because eventually what you're trying to do is 
You're spending those tiles to activate some special abilities that's going to give you points. You're going to cash in five of those little tokens for a big token that you can no longer spend, but it's going to give you points. Um, if you activate a person again, you're going to get more points. If you activate a person a third time, you're going to get points. So everything you do in this game, besides playing the tile, is going to give you points. And at the end of the game, you're trying to have more points than everybody else to be the winner. That's it. Uh, the special powers are pretty cool. We only used a couple of them. But in a more in a more than two-player game, I think they come in um, more beneficial because you need to get some workarounds of some things. But in a two-player game, I didn't feel like they were that good. But yeah, this is a, a fun game. Great art. Playing one tile, is, that's all you're doing on your turn. But it can get pretty thinky. And um, you, you know, you're trying to go around to every single space, trying to figure out what's the best route you can take to get the most stuff. But it's enjoyable. It's like Carcassonne, but in my opinion, a thousand times better. So... Did you still enjoy the Hunter Tori at two players? Yes. Um, I'm not good at this game. <laughs> I will readily admit that. And it's not because of the tiles. Because they're square and they always fit together. And I can, like, actually manipulate around. Like, I can use them to physically choose. And it's not going to really, like, upset my strategy for the game. So that's fine. However, I I'm just not good at the <laughs> strategy for the game. But it's so pretty. Um, it really is simple to play, but it has really thinky decisions. And you, you all know I love that. Um, so I'm like, ooh, like I just, I'm just so excited when I create a long path from one item to another. I don't care if I need that item. Like I don't pay attention to the end of game scoring. I'm just like, look at what I did. It does feel good when your shortest path is super long. It does feel yeah, good. Yeah, it's just <laughs> so satisfying. And I'm like, oh, you really should have tried to get more bridges so you could get to 10. What are you freaking doing, you idiot? And I'm like, ah, it's fine. It's cool. Look what I did, though. Like, I made this really long. Like, the bridge was, like, 15 tiles away, and I passed through, like, 20 gates. Well, you collected all the wrong things. Ah, yeah, it's fine. It'll be okay. Like, I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where the blue gates come in handy, because they let you get stuff to you can't get otherwise which is pretty nice right and so it's like that nice it's a nice balance again i love an asian themed game absolutely um i love a japanese themed game absolutely i'm a big fan of instant trade art it is it has great decisions but it also very much is an easy game to sit around with people you don't have to super pay attention um until it's your turn you've only got two childs to choose between um, so you, you do have to make that like a good thinking decision, but well, I, I guess I don't play with the end game in mind. So that's probably why this game is so relaxed for me, <laughs> but I, I really like the relaxed feel of it, but yeah, there's a good meatiness to this game. It's that great balance. I, I really enjoyed it, even though I lost badly. It wasn't that bad. It was like six points or something. Oh, you had like 45 and I had what? Oh, I had 36. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So nine it's points. Is not six bad. points. That's kind of a big sp spread there. You could have had 20, and I could have had 45. I guess that's true. I actually did try to work myself, like, get some stuff together as we went on. I'm like, ooh, hey, collect some of the same things, stupid. Yeah, because most of the time, there's tiles, basically, every tile, every player can grab. So, mm -hmm. um, it, with the exception of a couple, like, the first person to use an assistant three times gets to grab an extra bonus three. There's only one of those. So, that's a race. But and you're giving a waste. You're giving away your other tiles that Correct. could score you points. So that balance Correct. is really is I think hard to strike. Yeah. So it's not like you're you know if I completed the bridges you can't get the bridges. We can both do that. But there is mm -hmm. a few other tiles that 
are limited to one or two that you know makes it a little difficult but yeah this game's good it's nothing but awesome vincent Dutrait art and tiles that's all it is just tiles and art and one plan one tile on your turn and then a whole bunch of stuff happens after that which is cool and that, that's yeah it's a good game so those are the games we played and we can move on your course is set to faraway ports accessible only across the forbidding lime green waters of the bermuda triangle sinister unforgiving mystery cloud even the ports along the way are not safe can you beat the unknown can you save at least some of your feet can you make it home with your cargo this is the bermuda triangle from mb games for some just a game for others all right so our feature today is actually it has been created completely by you guys the riveted um Jason had this idea like, hey, what are maybe the Riveted's top 10 games of all time? And so we put some stuff out there. I don't know how much, like how many people gave us feedback. Jason would know that. Uh, it was mostly people in the Riveted. So I don't know, maybe 40 or 50, something like that. Which I think that's a good number. I'm surprised that more than five people listen to us every time, honestly. <laughs> Like, I'll tell people, like, oh, yeah, my husband and I have Morgan Potter. She's like, oh, you do? Like, do you have a lot of listeners? I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know. Maybe, like, 50 people. And I'm like, Jason, how many how many listens do we have this week? And he'll be like, uh, 220. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that seems like kind of a lot. Yeah, in a full week, we actually get, like, 700. But per episode and a new episode, we get about 250. But there are other episodes getting listened to, too. Hmm. Yeah. So you you were out there. You exist, and believe me, I no one is more shocked than me that you actually listen to us. So thank you. And so we wanted to kind of have let you have your chance to have a voice on our podcast. And Jason did some, you know, fancy compiling. I don't know statistics to make the top ten games of all time from you, the riveted. If you voted, if you didn't, you missed out. Number one, what are you doing? True, true. And you can't. You have no right to complain. Because you did not participate. So don't don't come crying to me about it. So anything that's in the top 10 has at least five votes. Okay. So if it made the top 10, it has five vote minimum. So I wanted to put that out there. And um, I've played all the games on the list except for one. And I believe you've played all of them too. Except my, my maybe two. No. I don't think you've played two. Uh, three. Oh. Uh, we, if you're talking about number five, we played that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I've played all of two. And I don't remember one of them. <laughs> Shock and gasp. So we'll run down the top ten, and then I'll mention some that got less than five but did get some votes. Just so, you know, we didn't leave anybody out. So number ten in the top ten games of all time for the Riveted is a game that we also love that was in our top 100, and that game is Camel Up. If... Again, not a new hotness game. Camel Up is kicking it a little bit old school, and I love that. The second edition printing, I think, helped because more people now can get their hands on this awesome game. First edition's where it's at, though. It's true. First edition is where it's at because we have it. Uh, Camel Up is a game about racing camels. How much better can you get? Uh, so in this game, you've got this really awesome pyramid that spits out colored dye that corresponds to these camels that allows camels to move around the track. As you're moving around the track, you're taking pictures of them, if you have the expansion. Or is that in the regular? No, that's in the expansion. We play with that all the time. If yeah, you don't have I'll, that expansion, I'll never play it. without this. <laughs> that, that camera's awesome. The camera's awesome. Jason changes the 
cardboard lenses for no reason. I because point it's out. fun. It's a theme. It's a gimmick he gets into. Look at that. <laughs> Ameritrash, here we come. Um, <laughs> you can yeah, take let's pictures. Not get, let's not get carried away. <laughs> you take pictures of the camels in the expansion. Um, you are betting on who's going to win the leg of the race as well as who's going to win and lose the entire race. Meanwhile, uh, you can set up an oasis to help boost a camel. There could be like pitfalls that like push camels back. Camels can stack on top of each other. And so the topmost camel is the winner. This game has no right to be as fun as it is, but it is so good. None at all. Like this is the epitome of like a dumb, but really fun game. And yeah, it's amazing. I, I don't understand it. And I mean, we played it with all kinds of people. And I don't know that I've met a person who didn't like it. No. And we've played it at like up to like eight players. We have the expansion so we can play 10. Even up to like eight players is still great. It's it's amazing. <laughs> it is. And like people at first like, oh, okay, a game about racing camels. By the end, they are yelling for camels. <laughs> yep, they are so like good. betting crazy. Uh, everyone, it's it's push your luck. It's, it is roll and move. It is roll and move. Yeah. Yep. But that push your luck element and the stacking, like the, it's fun to stack up the camels. It's fun to get the dice out of the pyramid. It's just a great game. Awesome pick, everybody. Number ten, Camel Up. Yeah, I I have no no issues with that. That's a great game. And as far as racing games go, that's probably my favorite racing game. That or Home Stretch are up there for sure. Yeah, it's like watch out. Um, so number nine is a game that Katie hasn't played, and I've only played it solo. It's was once a long time ago, so I'm not going to be great with the description, but the game is called Anachrony. And this is a worker placement game where you're going around to these different parts of the board to collect resources. The interesting thing here is you can borrow resources from yourself in the future. So there's a time track. So say I needed something that I couldn't get. I can jump into the future, get that thing. But when I get to that round, I got to pay that thing back to myself in the future. It It's kind of interesting. It's basically just a track, but the theme is that you're traveling in the future to get the stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, there's some mechs that you can buy to sit your little people in. So they're like in these cool, like Astro mechs moving around on the board, completely irrelevant because normally your worker is just a little like hex tile, but they look cool sitting in the mech. I'll give you that. Um, but yeah, this is a cool game. It has awesome art, great components. I'd really like to play it with some people. I need to refresh myself because it's kind of a beast, but, um, it's one we have one that I have dabbled in. And one that I'd like to play more. So number nine, Anachrony. I know a lot of people like really find the theme super interesting in this game. I have not played this and I would play it if Jason ever felt like teaching it, which is, I think, part of the problem again. Yeah, it's a beast. Um, I, My problem is the theme doesn't really interest me. Um, But I do have so many friends and so many of you obviously really think this is a great game. So, I, yeah, I need to give it a go. I definitely do. I think you like it. It's it's a worker placement game, and the theme is it's not space. It's it's just futuristic, like dystopia stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's good. Number eight, I have played and played many times. And number eight, your number eight is Orleans. Orleans is a bag building game um, where you are getting workers out of this bag and you're using them to build other workers. And then you're also sending workers to the town square to get some bonuses for some in-game scoring as well. Um, Certain 
are the events that happen is that in all the games or just the expansion that we have uh yeah there's the basic events that come in the base game but we also have some fancier events that we've actually never played with that come in the expansion oh um well there are events then that happen that kind of augment the rules each round which i think is really great um the artwork is absolutely hideous this is clemens franz isn't it the one and only the one and only <laughs> so it's uh last week's episode was sponsored by clemens franz in case you missed that he, he can't sponsor this week i feel like vincent dutrait <laughs> is the one that we talked about this week um it it's like it looks like medieval illuminated text before it gets illuminated, like just like the plain version, like the version Jason would back on Kickstarter, but not the one that everybody actually wants. Right, the, like, the one that's twenty dollars and the good one's like eighty. Yeah, I want the twenty dollar one. The artwork is hideous, but the gameplay is really fun because you are trying to get these different workers into your bag, and then you're hoping you pull them out. And they may not come out in the way that you want. Um, you're also, you can have workers, well, you're like creating transportation devices to move around the countryside, um, whether boats or at walking or riding a horse. I don't, they're not very specific um, to move around. We also have uh, an expansion that allows you to fulfill contracts, pick up and deliver goods, which is a really fun thing to add to the game. But the game just by itself is so good. I think that, um, is it Architects of the West Kingdom that's like this? Um, Paladins. Crap. Paladins, whatever. I don't know. Some kind of worker in a certain kingdom. Uh, it's very similar to this. I just don't think it does what this does quite as well, but that could be a bias because I really like Orleans. So you do as well. It is number eight on your list, Orleans. I don't know who's the designer or anything. Uh, yeah, you know. I'm not sure of that either. Um, I'm surprised I knew Clemens Franz was the one who made this, but I mean, it's it's pretty obvious. He pays us big bucks to advertise on the podcast, so uh, we need he to know his He does. Thing. He does. He does. He does. He got a special shout out. Got a TikTok. Our first ever TikTok was about Clemens Franz. Which we have not done one since. Nope. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I hate TikTok. Uh, all right. So n- the next game, number seven, is a game that I haven't played. Katie hasn't played it. I've watched a couple things, but I only vaguely know what it is. And the game is called 51st State. And this one is specifically the Master Set. Um, so there's 51st State, there's the Master Set, and then there's going to be a new one hitting Game Found called the ultimate set which uh, i think has some expansions it's the master set plus a couple expansions i think i don't know but 51st date is a card game from portal and i think it was designed by ignasi trevichek but let's see that that could be wrong um yes ignasi designed this and this takes place in this dystopian future like mad max um time and what you're doing is you are playing cards down as like caravans and leaders to collect different types of tokens to use those tokens to score points. That's what I've, I gleaned from watching a couple videos. There's way more to it than that. I get that. I haven't played, so I can't really talk to it. And even if I did play it, I'd probably describe it just like that. So, um, yeah, if you, you guys voted for it, you know what it is. Uh, it's a cool card game from portal and people dig it. I'd like to try it. It's just not one that I know anybody that has it, and I'm not going to buy it. So <laughs> there is that. Um, so so yeah, number seven from the riveted 51st State Master Set. I feel like it's obvious why I've never played this, nor do I have an interest in playing it. Um, but th- to be fair, I haven't done a lot of research. The name itself puts me off because in my mind, 51st State seems like a – I don't know. That just sounds like a war game to me first. Yeah, it's not really. So, 
Right. Secondly, if it's post-apocalyptic, I freaking hate that. I hate that theme, guys. I will say it. Everybody loves it. But I hate that. I hate that theme. So it does not make me want to play it. However, I haven't looked at the mechanics. I haven't looked at any of it. Um, I'm glad you guys like it. And maybe since it's this high on your list, it is a rousing endorsement that I should try to play it. I can't make it. Yeah, it's like it's an engine builder. So I think you would actually kind of dig it from what I've seen. It has some cool like cards working together to do some cool things. But yeah, that's all I really know about it. Yeah, I respect you, Riveted. I, I, I would if someone brought it to the table, I would play it. I would for you. That's how much I love you. But your number six is a game I absolutely would play, have played, although I don't own the original, but I'd like to. We only own one version. I'd like to own the original. And that game is Clank. I don't know. Um, there are many iterations of Clank. I don't know if y'all just meant the original or if you meant any of the iterations of Clank, but... Uh, there, there. This was the only mention of Clank, so I'm assuming it's original. Okay. Um, there was, I, yeah, I, I don't know for sure, though, but that's what we'll go with. All of them are neat. So in Cl- Clank is a deck builder where you have a deck that allows you to move on a board. So it's board plus deck and also um, buy better cards, again, to add to your deck, which are going to allow you to buy, ch- get treasure, um, buy things to help you in your cave in the original cave dwelling adventure however it's a race against time because you got a dragon who does not like it when you take his his shinies so very angry um dragon that gets angrier the longer you go poking around and taking his stuff and you're trying to get as much booty as you can to get and then get out get out because you could die down there uh it is like tense it is good deck building it's got funny stuff, like funny little tongue-in-cheek jokes um, in the flavor text. Clank, the Legacy Edition, which is Acquisition Incorporated, is fan-freaking-tastic. Um, if you played Clank at all and liked it, you need to get Acquisitions Incorporated. It is so good. It's so good, Jason and I played through two campaigns of it. And if we found other people that wanted to play through it and we knew we could get together on a regular basis, I would do it again. Yeah, it's it's super good, for sure. It's so good. And so now that's really the only version we have now to play Clank. Um, I would like the original. There's also Clank in Space, which I don't like as much because, you know, I hate space. Um, there's also like a bajillion like extra little like boards with maps or additions that you can add to regular Clank, to Clank in Space, to... Is there another Clank? Uh, space, Legacy, and Regular. No, that's it. There's water boards. There's like Egyptian themed ones. There, I mean, it's nuts. All the stuff that's out there for Clank, and and all of it is is good. Like those expansions, good. Add some fun little things, but just the regular game is is super good. So great choice, everybody. Number six, Clank. That Egyptian board was cool. We played that with Chris. That was good. Yeah, I liked it. All right. So number five is a a big massive Uwe Rosenberg game. And we played it once at two players. We borrowed it from Chris and we played it and it's called a feast for Odin. So I'm going to try to explain this. <laughs> we we played it once. So this is the, the Uwe game where you have an action selection board of like 65 things. There's 65 different actions you can take. And the way you're going to do that is you're going to put a certain number of your Vikings down that 
are required to activate that action. Now, I'm not even going to go into the actions because I don't remember. But what, <laughs> what you're trying to do is you're trying to get different kinds of tiles to get onto your player board. And you're trying to fill up your player board as much as you can. You're trying to get food. You're trying to get like weapons. You're trying to get money because little your little silver coins can go on your player board to cover up space. You're, you're trying to do all this stuff and... As per usual with Uve, you got to feed all of your Vikings. So there's also another little um, section on your board that you can put food in per round to make sure that all your Vikings are fed based on how much food you have. Um, there's way more to it than that. Again, we've only played it once, and it was a long time ago, so I don't really remember that well. But people love it. You guys love it. And that's why it's on the list. So number five, A Feast for Odin. All right. I'm going to upset you, Odin, because I think this game sucks. Okay? Come at me. Come at me, please. Why? Why do you... You know what? I don't even want you to come at me. We don't have to fight about it. I would love for someone to make a case for Feast for Odin. Because I just don't understand. Like, my main issue with this is you're, like, trying to fill this board. It is absolutely freaking impossible. Yeah, there's there's not enough time. Not enough time. And that's so frustrating to me. I'm like, why give me a goal that I can't possibly accomplish? It's super annoying. I don't like that. Maybe we're just terrible. Maybe that's it. Uh, maybe that's it. And I would acknowledge that. I'm terrible at many games. Um, and and this quite possibly is one of them. Like, I just, I, I don't understand. It does not feel fun to me. It feels overwhelming. It feels like this is a case of, ooh, this game looks really complicated. Therefore, it has to be good. No, I don't want to say that anyone in the Riveted would be like that. Okay? I, I'm not saying that. But I need someone to defend A Feast for Odin to me because it's so high on the list I feel like I should like it because I love you people. But this game it just felt like a big wolf for me. Like, help me understand. Um, the next one I do understand, though. And if I'm not mistaken, although I often am, I believe this is also an Uwe Rosenberg game. That is correct. Look at me. Is this Clemens Franz, too? Because <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> it feels like it. <laughs> Look at that. Uwe again and Clemens Franz. And I knew both both the designer and the artist. Look at me go. Watch out, everybody. I'll be, no, I'll be knowing stuff next thing you know. The game is Agricola. Again, Uwe, you're feeding your people. Agricola is so, like, yes, the Arctic hideous, But it's so fun because you're making your little farm. I'm from Ohio. Farming is big. I was in FFA, Future Farmers of America, when I was in high school. Fun fact. Um, I, Nerd. Shut up. I have a deep love for farming and farmers. Like, in a different life, I would love to do that. It's hard work, but I think it's very fulfilling. So you kind of get to feel like that in this. You are planting crops in your fields. You're also um, buying and maybe breeding and also selling and eating livestock of various types. You are growing your house. You are having children. It's um, worker placement. It's also, there's some card management because the cards are like really important. There's some really good ones. If you play them at the right time, they can totally help you. And again, you've got to feed your people, got to feed your family. Otherwise, you get a bunch of begging cards. And that is exactly how you lose the game, right, Jason? <laughs> yeah, it's not recommended to have five of those. That is not <laughs> recommended. No, it is not. I think I ended the game with like three points or something. It was terrible. <laughs> I, I was like, what are you doing with yourself? Like, wh why? Why would you? What? How are you playing this bad? I was busy doing other things. I didn't care about food. I was collecting animals and then, well, and then doing other things. Turn those into food. Um, I, I like it so much because I love kind of a go your own way point salad kind of thing. And 
and there is an aspect to that. Like, obviously, you need to feed your freaking people. Um, <laughs> that is essential. That is recommended, yes. <laughs> um, to the game. And you're also wanting to get a, a little bit of everything. But I think that really is helpful when you're playing because it's like, oh, okay, you're going to go here and you're going to, you know, take these crops. Okay, well, then I'm going to go here and get some animals because I want to be we, – we all need to do these different things. So I'm going to, you know – get what I need to do, get even if you're blocking off the space. I love the shaped meeples for all the food, for the animals. Oh my gosh, that's like my favorite thing. Is that like standard? Uh, I think the standards are just cubes, but there was a, some, the version we have I traded for and it had the cubes and the animals. Yeah, I, I love them so much, so very much, as you all know. Um, it's just It's just such a fun game and you guys just get it. And Uwe and Clemens Franz, both classics. So that is number four, Agricola. All right. So number three, I agree with Agricola 100%. It's one of my favorite Uwe games. Um, But number three is not an Uwe game. It's not Clemens Franz art because it's good art. Oh. (laughs) And uh, it's my favorite game of all time. (laughs) Yeah, it's Katie's favorite game of all time. My, I think, number two. And it is Coimbra. So number three from the Riveted is Coimbra. And this is a game, it's a dice drafting and placement game where you're using dice for the pips to recruit different people to come uh, to use their abilities to be part of your engine and that kind of thing. And then you're using the die for the color to move up on some of the tracks that are going to let you move around a board, give you income, give you military strength, and give you just overall points. Um, you're going to do that over, I think, four or five rounds, and everybody's most points of the winner. It has good art, really nice um, dice with these cool little castles that the dice sit in. Um, it's a very fun game. Uh, even at two players, it feels good because you get some dice that like some little fake dice to block up some of the spaces to make it a little bit harder to get some of the people, which is, you know, represents like a three or four player game, which is cool. So Cornbread is a very solid game and we like it quite a bit. And apparently you guys do too. So number three, Coimbra. Yeah. I, I love this game. If you want to hear my thoughts about it, check out um, the last podcast from last year where I talk all about it in my top 10 because this game is so stinking fantastic. I love it. It helps that I win it all the time. But there's so much delicious tracks and engines and cards. And, oh, it's so good. So good. I, w- I will win this game once. I will. Okay. I will. That's my goal. Probably if we play a live play, you'll win it. And then I'll be like, dang on it. <laughs> That's true. Everybody's like, yeah, sure, Giddy, you win all the time. I do. I do all the time. Um, number two is a game that I have played just once. I think we borrowed it and we need to play it again because I am so intrigued by this game and I like it. And you guys obviously do too. And that game is Lost Ruins of Arnak. Um, this game has also a lot going on. So I think that's why I like it so much. It reminds me of the Coin Ravain in some ways, but not at all, I guess. <laughs> Similar, but not at all. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it feels similar in my head, but nobody understands what's going on in my head. So, uh, Lost Runes of Arnak, you are exploring. So, you're moving, um, like, different vehicles around to find new things in the jungle. You also then have to, like, conquer. Is it actual things you're fighting, or is it just, like, beating a tile? Uh, it's like, uh, it's a tile with like a big snake or a big spider on it. Okay. So it does have like actual creatures to fight. I couldn't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. There's, there's art and a theme, but mostly it's just the tile. Yeah. Fine. I don't want to be like you and ruin the theme. 
Um, you're also finding ways in to move up these kind of like discovery tracks in your journal, um, which are going to give you bonuses and things like it's just a lot of different stuff in one game. I like that you can kind of go after different things in different ways, the way they all fit together. And as always, you want to do more actions than you actually can, um, which I feel like is generally a sign of a good game. I really want to play it again. I would like to play it too. We played it at four um, and it was pretty lengthy, but I'd like to see how it fits it too. Um, so I'd like to hear everybody's thoughts on that because I, I love the complexity of it and the different things that you can do in it that it just gives you a nice open variety. It's, it's just also a, a cool theme as well. So number two for you guys, Lost Ruins of Arnak. Yeah, no, one play I did was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, so our number Why do one. Why you to talk about all my favorite games? I don't. I don't know. This is technically my favorite game of all time. Oh. So your number one for the riveted matches up with my number one game of all time because you know I'm, I'm with you guys. I understand. Whoa, whoa, how, whoa. how gamers think. And okay. <laughs> that game is Grand Austria Hotel. Uh, this was Katie's number one, I think, last year. Is my number one this year? I don't know. It's been Katie's number one before. Yeah, but, two years ago. Yeah. And this is a game. It's a dice drafting game again, kind of like in like Coimbra. But the, what you're doing in this when you're drafting dice is you are trying to open hotel rooms. You're trying to get different types of food for guests that you have in your little cafe, because once they are filled up with their food and drink that they want, they're going to give you some points, some kind of bonus, and then they're going to go to sleep in a room. Now the card, the people are going to have different colors. There's going to be blue, yellow, and red. There's also green. Blue has to stay in a blue room. Red stays in a red room. Yellow stays in a red room. Green can stay in any of the other three rooms. So you're trying to balance the people that you have in your cafe with the rooms you have open. You're trying to close off certain blocks of colors to get special bonuses. You're trying to watch out for the emperor track because you need to make sure that you're ahead of that. Because if you, if he comes and he inspects you and you don't have enough favor for him, he slaps you around. Um, yeah, just trying to do all that as efficiently as you can to score as many points as you can. Uh, I'm not good at this. I've won it a couple times. It's live play. It's Ugh. few and far between. I am bad at this, but I still enjoy it. It's fun. The mechanisms are solid. I think it's Clemens Franz art as well. <laughs> it looks like it. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a great game. So your number one pick, Grand Austria Hotel. It's a, a solid number one. Yeah, this is my number. It's been my number two for the past couple of years, and it was my number one. Y'all know I love this game. It's just the beauty of all these different tracks and and keeping things together. And we also have the Let's Waltz expansion, um, which we haven't played, but adds like a whole new element to it, like champagne and dancing. Yeah, I'm super pumped. I, it's so good. So yeah, you guys. I, I'd like to think we influenced <laughs> some of these choices, maybe by talking about them so much, but I know you guys like other things too. Uh, speaking of which, we have some honorable mentions that receive less than five votes, right? Correct. And starting with the first one to the last one goes in order of how high of the vote count they were. And if they were tied, they're just lumped together. Okay. So almost breaking into the top 10, right? That's yes. how we're starting? Correct, yes. Uh, was Wingspan another great game? I love, 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 love Wingspan. Uh, Tableau engine building mechanics, so good. Viticulture, absolutely. Stonemeyer, love them. Um, remember, I'm right, right? I'm not... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, did I just say that? So good. Uh, winemaking, worker placement. 
Ugh, excellent game. Where words have not played it. I played it. It's like um hidden trader word game where oh. everyone's trying to get this word, but one person's trying to throw everybody off so they don't get it. Uh, it has an app. It's oh, from yeah, Bezier. Yeah. It, it's fine. Not my favorite game, but people do like it. It's because you hate hidden trader games. It's true. I do. Uh, as to it. Awkward guest, dude. So good. Straight up deduction. Uh, crazy card system. Endless replayability. Uh, like Clue on steroids. Super good. Brass. Um, yeah, brass. Marty Wallace. What can I say? Ugly as sin, brown and black. Well, not the new one. The new one looks good. Boring industrialism, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> the, the theme is still the same even on the new one. <laughs> I question you. I think you're all pranking us. Now, something totally different, Mantis of Madness. I've never played this. Jason probably will never play this. I would actually do it. Actually, we have played this. We played the first edition Did once we? with Jim being the DM or like oh. GM. Renee played, you played, Kim played, and I played. So it was before they had the app, the second edition, we played it. Is this zombies? No. Th- well, it's like Cthulhu horror, so there might be some zombies, but it's not zombie side. It's Aww. just you're trying to figure out a way through this mansion, and stuff comes up, you got to fight it, and all that kind of thing. Again, it was a, a long time ago. <laughs> I don't remember this at all. It, it was a long time ago, like a long time ago. Were they additionally on now, third or something? Second still. Second still? Yeah. I would like to play it again with somebody that has it, but I doubt we'll ever buy it. No, it's really expensive. And you don't like games like yeah, that? Yeah, not one that I would play a lot, probably. Um, Raiders of the North Sea, classic kind of worker placement. Also, this has like this really interesting mechanic where you put down like a worker, but you also like take a worker. Yeah, you put a worker down, take an action, pick a wor- worker up, and take an action. Take yeah. an action, which I think is super interesting. Um, great components, great art, sure. And um, Black Orchestra, yeah, from our buddy PDB. Our buddy PDB, you probably are like, these people are whack. Like, we are not friends. Why do you keep saying that? Um, we just like you, PDB. He doesn't care. He's getting talked about. He's having a good time. He's such a nice guy. He is um, really nice. Black Orchestra is so good, cooperative, um, trying to get rid of Hitler and, and accomplish the plot to do so based on history. Uh, so, so great. So great. So the next one is a game that we have. I've only played it a couple of times. It's called Circadian's First Light. This is from Garfield Games, not from Shim Phillips. It's a dice placement game where you're trying to move this little rover around a planet, collect goods. You're trying to get assistance from aliens trying to upgrade your farming capabilities so you can get kelp and water and all that kind of thing to just score the most points. Um, Mask of the Red Death is a very good game. This is, um, uh, I don't know, a programming deduction game where you're mm-hmm. trying to make sure you're not in the same room as the Red Death at the, after the clock strikes midnight. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's hard to explain, but it's it's pretty cool. So go check that out if you're interested. Uh, Quacks of Quedlinburg. I mean, come on. I'm surprised this wasn't in the top 10. <laughs> uh, pulling chits out of a bag that are different like ingredients. You put them into your pot, getting special powers, trying not to draw too many white ones or your pot explodes and you bust. So it's a push your luck game. So good. We have everything for it. I'll always keep buying everything for it because it's so good. Uh, Rogers of the Ganges, which is a really interesting uh, board game where you're trying to earn money. And you're also trying to earn prestige. And the way that the game ends is you need to get those two tracks to cross. 
Uh, it's a worker placement and dice game. You're using dice as like the resources and the values and color matter. Really good game. Nova Luna, I've never played. Um, I know it's a Uve game. It's so pretty looking, though. Yeah, it, it looks cool. I don't know how to explain it. Um, I've never watched anything on it, but it has some tiles and some numbers and some stuff in a Uve. <laughs> you probably have to feed people, I'm assuming. I've heard that it's for, it's good and that we would like it. Yeah, same. I've heard that we'd like it. I just, I just haven't looked into this one too much. Uh, Castles of Burgundy, Stefan Feld. Um, this is most people's favorite Stefan Feld. I like it. I like playing it on Board Game Arena. I don't necessarily love it. There are other ones I'd rather play. But dice, you're using dice to get different tiles to put into your estate to get special abilities, score points. Um, that's effectively it. You're trying to score points. Good game. Not my favorite Feld, but it's good. Uh, Teo Tahuacan is uh, from the Italians. Board and Dice. This is the spiritual successor, I guess, to Zulkin. Big Rondell. I'm actually playing a game of this on Board Game Arena right now. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just moving a worker around and seeing what happens. <laughs> uh, we've only played it a couple times, and it's been a long time, so I just can't remember. But you're using these dice. You're going to these spaces, and based on the value of the dice, you're going to take some actions. If you have multiple of your dice there, you might get a stronger action. If there are other people's colors of dice there, you have to pay some cocoa to make it work. Your dice are going to level up. They're going to ascend. There's going to be an eclipse. A whole bunch of stuff going on. Uh, people like this. I'd like to give it another shot, actually, when I know what I'm doing, just to see what's yeah. going on. And the last one is a game that I've wanted to try, but I haven't had the chance. And it's called Kalimala. And mm. the reason that I actually remember this game right now is because we got a copy of Ragusa for review. Mm. And the designer of Ragusa actually designed Kalimala. I think Kalimala is one of his earlier designs. So I'm not even sure what you're doing this. I haven't played it. It's like a, you're using, putting cubes down. It looks like it has some area control a little bit, but you're putting cubes at these different locations and something happens. That's all I know about the game. It looks cool. It has cubes and it has tan. I'm down with that. So those are the honorable mentions. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for participating in this, giving us your top 10 games of all time. If there's something that you see that wasn't mentioned and or you didn't vote, what are you doing? Now's your chance. Um, or if there's some games that we haven't played that we mentioned or that I actively don't want to play or question make a case for that game uh, tell us on our facebook page our facebook group hashtag the riveted it is seriously so great i'm seeing new people posting in there thank you so much um having you as a part of that just makes it better um i love hearing other people's perspectives and finding new games that way things that because y'all know i'm not paying attention half the time <laughs> i got other stuff i don't know publishers and the games you guys find and recommend are, it's so great. I, and helping out each other to understand games, find new games, absolutely use that as a resource. Um, send us pictures of the games that we should be playing or games that should be on the list on Instagram. Uh, tweet to us about that. I know Jason's been talking to one of my dear old friends john on twitter thank you so much for being active there like i don't understand twitter because i'm old um and just not good at technology amongst other things so yeah tweet us out start a hashtag sounds great i don't know anything about it sure jason will tell me um and always our youtube page uh i guess i should add i was gonna mention um tiktok but we have the one tiktok and haven't done anything since so 
Don't expect a lot out of that. There will be more stuff. It's just I I don't care about it. And when I think about it, I'll put something on there. So if you're really into TikTok and you really want to see us on TikTok, sorry. Let us know. Or maybe <laughs> we should focus on that. Like, I don't know how to use TikTok. Obviously, I just said I don't know how to use Twitter. Um, it's been around forever. I also just don't like to be in videos because I hate to show myself. So um, I can video other things. Maybe I could get better at that if that's what you want to see on TikTok. Sure. Sure. Let us know. Um, otherwise, there's always the YouTubes. Jason is always putting out new reviews, but our podcast is on there as well. So comment on that. We'll get back with you also. Um, I really need to get myself together and, and make some videos. I really need to do it. I just <laughs> I just don't have the time or motivation. I'm being, I'm being real, people. I'm being real. I need to. I'll just keep doing them. People can just... Just keep looking at my face. I know they love looking at my face. Obviously, I love looking at your face. <laughs> <laughs> that do you have something to add? No, I mean Katie always sums it up. Check out the social medias. YouTube is where I'm trying to focus a lot of the energy to grow. Um, I'm also working on Twitter, trying to build that up as well. So Twitter and YouTube is where I'll be most active. TikTok, eh. Uh, Facebook, I try to post everything there, but Facebook's dying, so I'm not. Trying to push that as much, but yeah, I don't feel like Facebook's dying. I just think young people don't care about Facebook. Yeah, that's that's true. People our age like Facebook, but <laughs> most other yeah. people don't. Yeah, that's true. So for us, for us, you know, people who love the Super Bowl halftime show, Facebook is alive and well. Okay, <laughs> that is true. Kids of the '90s, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, '80s, '90s, we're there. We are there, <laughs> and we are happy to see you there too. I think I think that's all we got today. Yep, I'm good. All right, thanks so much, guys, for listening. You guys are awesome. Um, keep giving us new ideas for podcasts and content. Um, we just love interacting with all of you. So I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.